What's up, guys? We are back for another episode. Super happy to have you here. I got my man, Justin, aka the Bearded Marketer here with me. And we're going to hop right in. I'm going to let him give a quick bio about his business, kind of how he got to it. Uh, kind of want the, the 001 comic book level origin story of how you got to where you are today. You know, what, what really made the man that we're looking at and what direction are you looking to go? Yeah, so I, um, you know, super excited to be here again. Thank you so much. Glad to be able to provide value to um, the people who are going to be listening to this. So I started um, getting in business about five and a half, six years ago, a little bit more serious after I got out of the military. I ended up a, you know, typical statistic of divorced veteran, homeless veteran living out of my car, you know, so it, it, it sucks and I joke about it now, but it, it's crazy that when we transition the the struggles we go through about trying to find our purpose. So I had started in the financial industry. Someone actually recruited me into it. I love helping people with money, but, um, it, you know, I saw a massive change. I love marketing and uh, my third bachelor's degree is actually in marketing um, with a social media concentration. Um, I have another degree in business. So I was like, well, I have this education. Why don't I start learning it? So for the last five years, I've been building and developing my marketing agency doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, more of like a white label kind of conversation going in, providing the real world value of marketing as well as the academic side of marketing. And during COVID, I transitioned from the financial industry into more public offerings to mostly financial services agents with their marketing because COVID really damaged that industry because most of them do a lot of in-person meetings, in-person prospecting. Um, and I saw their marketing was just absolutely atrocious. So during COVID, I was able to pivot my marketing strategies and start doing direct coaching for financial services agents. I have about almost 40 people I directly coach now um, in, in some of our coaching groups and teaching them better concepts of marketing and being able to help them with that. So COVID's actually been a massive benefit for our business um, to be able to pivot more and um, be able to offer some better services for them. Awesome. So let's, I, first of all, thank you for your service to the country. It's incredible to just to get to know veterans. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in my age group that are just starting to make that transition out of it that first went into it inside of or outside of high school and really starting to make that transition back into civilian life. So I kind of want to get into, you know, really walk me through what are some of the trends that you're seeing? What are you seeing on your end? as far as what businesses are doing right or what they're doing wrong and what that really looks like moving into the rest of 2020 for not just people that may be in the financial services business, but just overall on social media, what are you seeing some of those trends look like in both the good and the bad? Yeah. Well, some of the bad things that people typically do with their social media marketing is they're using traditional marketing methods um, that don't really work on social media. So mass media communication um, for forever, up until recently when social media was created, the last really, you know, 10, 15 years, it was a mass media approach where it's called the push and pray method, where basically I can just push some content out and pray that it reaches my demographic. Um, you have like TV commercials, radio commercials back in the day, right? That they would just broadcast a message and hopefully it hit. Well, with our current adjustment into the social media realm now with how marketing is, it's more of instead of a linear mode of communication, um, where it's basically, a, I'm just saying it and it may reach my demographic, <clears throat> we're now seeing the opportunity for the first time ever 
over the last 15 years, what's called the transactional mode of communication, where your consumers can now engage back with you. So it's really leveled the playing field when it comes down to marketing, that if your company is not focusing on being transparent, building trust and building brand relevancy, it's going to be lost in the rest of the marketing landscape. You know, we're inundated with something like oh, about 60,000 marketing messages every single day. Um, and you don't even realize it most of the time. So a lot of people are using that mass media approach versus, and, and we hear a lot of this too, and this is the other problem. We always hear target a niche, just have a niche, have a niche, focus on a niche. But when people market, they're forgetting that the, the whole point of a niche, they're marketing to a category, but they don't market to the people in that niche. So it's gone from being able to blast money out and waste money. And now people in the marketing realm, they're still just, let me just post an ad or boost a post and put it out there. Let me target real estate agents, but they don't identify the problems. So if people start focusing on, let me identify the problems that the people in this niche typically have they'll notice that their revenue will start going up and their ad spend will go down. So the, the big thing I, I coach when I, when I go into businesses and I'm helping them out or working for my clients is don't just put shit out there to put it out there. You know, it's about building um, that foundation of transparency first and foremost. Um, and then social media has now allowed us to create a community. So if you focus a community around how you can improve their life with your product or service, it'll be able to transform a lot more um, for your business and get more attention. How do you see that playing out with, you know, you brought up brand relevancy, which I think is an amazing point that not a lot of people are openly talking about, but it's such an important factor. Kind of walk me through, how do you think about that? How do you see that playing out for your customers? And what are some of those strategies that somebody listening could take away and start implementing right now for that? Yeah, so brand relevancy is the one thing I think most marketers don't talk about. Um, you know, I've, I've purchased programs. I've, I've dealt with coaching because I like learning. And it's something I always deal with. The one thing they don't discuss is relevancy. Um, so in order to have brand relevancy, the biggest things I teach about is what I've mentioned before is transparency. When people are buying from you on social media, they're usually making emotional impulse decisions. There may be some logic involved in it, but typically we don't purchase off logic. We purchase off an emotional need. So when we have transparency, it's about showing people the people behind the brand, like who's actually running it. Why are they connected? Why should I purchase from you? And when you focus on relevancy, that's when you can start building brand dominance. But most people just try to push their brand out there, be like, hey, we're number one for this and we do this. And that's what a lot of these marketing companies focus on is, hey, let's focus on domination. Well, before you can get to dominance, they have to know your brand even exists. And in order for them to know your brand exists, they have to know the people behind it and why they want to build with you. So some of the tactics I use um, to start building transparency is, and I do this with my financial services clients, but it, it can um, work for everyone is creating a video, a simple video from your phone. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be all like fully edited, all background, everything. Like we see everyone trying to be so perfect. They want to get the perfect script. I say, hey, look, one take. Here's what you're going to do. They want authenticity. They want to see that real person. Tell them why you started your company and why you're even doing it. And I have my, my financial clients that I coach um, specifically do this. And they went from like zero to little engagement to now people are reaching out to them saying, hey, 
I saw your video. I, I love your story. So that's the second takeaway. So create the video and then stories. Stories sell. We've always heard that saying, but I go back to ancient times of folklore, right? Like we look, folklore has been around and storytelling has been around for thousands of years, right? So if you want to be more transparent, utilize stories of why you started, what need you saw that people like your, your product or service trying to fulfill, how it impacted you. Most of our businesses start from some sort of personal aspect. Like we, we've had some sort of personal experience with it. So when you want to build that relevancy, you have to focus on transparency more than anything to say, hey, here's who we are. Here's what we're about. Here's why we were started. And here's how our product or service is going to help change the industry. And not having as many call to actions is the third thing. We have too many people who, who make posts um, and they're just like, hey, DM me for more information or click mm -hmm. this link or register for my Zoom webinar or do this. If you don't provide enough value with your brand, you can't ask someone. It's like a bank account. If I don't have any money in my bank account, I can't go to the bank and say, hey, give me something, right? That's what a call to action is. Give me your take action or it's withdrawal. So you need to be able to fill up that, that client base with a lot of value before you ever ask for a call to action. Man, that's so good. And you light up when you start to talk about that, man. I, like I can tell I that, that it. yeah, it's, it's incredible to watch you kind of dig into that. And what I really love and appreciate was your ability to take something that is typically super like ethereal. It's very mind-based and really distill that down into super actionable steps. And uh, real fast though, I want to plug your social media and then we'll get into the rest of this because that was just straight fire. Where can people find more of that information from you? Yeah, so I actually just launched a strategic social media course that takes a lot of the marketing theories um, and breaks them down into simple, actionable items. Um, and I can actually get you guys a discount code for that. Um, and, you know, we can do that because it's, you know, a very in-depth course that we do. But it, like you said, it makes it simple. But they can also find me at the Bearded Marketing Pro on Facebook, or they can just add me on personal Facebook on Justin Earhart. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important. Like you said, like these concepts are marketing is just, it's really a, a very high level conversation. When you start breaking down the methodology and the theories behind why people use marketing, you can make those theories into simple actionable items. So that's what we want to be able to do to make it su super simple for people to do it, but understand the thought process. Yeah, totally. So I put out a post on LinkedIn a few weeks ago and I asked, uh, it was a poll and I asked what, what do you think of, how do you think of marketing inside of your business? Do you view it as a necessary evil for a means to an end? Do you view it as a fun experience? Do you view it as a necessary expense or do you view it as a line item that you consistently push back in your agenda month over month? And the number one response that we got was a necessary expense. What are you, what are some of the ways that you would try to challenge that for business owners? And what are ways that you would start to kind of put that piece of the puzzle together for them? So that way we can start to shift that mentality away from a necessary expense into something that truly is a major asset inside the business. When we've gone and helped businesses sell before, you know, the turnover of the digital assets that they've cultivated and that engagement in those relationships, when they've sold a business or a brand, go for a lot of money that you know is not necessarily initially thought of inside the deal. What are some of the ways that you can start to view 
marketing is not just a necessary expense, but a way that you can actually build and develop a business better? Yeah, so the number one thing that companies have to understand is that marketing is the accumulation of data at the end of the day. It's about mm -hmm. if you are able to provide enough value through your content, your posts, people signing up for newsletters, signing up for ebooks, the more data you have and collect, it actually is increasing the value of your company because I may have a seven figure company, you know, let's say it does a million dollars and people look at it. But if I have two companies that are seven figures, but one has a more you know, bigger database of people that I can utilize, I'm probably going to go after the one with the more data. All major companies utilize data. They, they do everything. So they're gathering names, emails. You know, every time you go on a website, it's like, hey, get a 20% a uh, coupon for signing up for our newsletter, right? So it's, it is a necessary expense. So, but when people, again, it's the mindset of businesses. If they look at marketing as like, damn, I have to spend money to market my business it's already, you're putting such a negative connotation in your mindset. So when you create your marketing, you're doing it reluctantly. And that reluctant message is typically going to transfer over into your advertising. Cause you're like, I just have to make this stupid thing while you're typing. Like I'm wasting a thousand dollars a month on marketing. You know, you're pissed off and that's going to relay through your writing. So if you change the mindset of say, Hey, yes, I understand. I have to put money into marketing. And personally, um, what we, we recommend is that at least minimum 10% of your gross revenue is going back into direct, you know, into marketing tactics. So if you look at it and say, Hey, this marketing, instead of me just having to create it, I'm actually going to turn around and use this marketing to help more people. You know, I know that's one thing like Ed Milet recently came out with, and I've heard him say it before. And Andy Pacella have even mentioned it too. in, in um, with the Arte group and, and in their emails, but, go from the mindset of instead of trying to sell or instead of having to market change, how can I help people? If you love and value your product so much, like your value proposition as your business is going to turn around and say, Hey, we can help people with our product and service this way. And if you market with, I'm going to help you, here's how my product and services help. Um, here's how we can change your life. Here's the problems you have. Here's how we can fix it. If you market that way, it's no longer a negative mindset of I have to market or let me try to get some sales. It's like, Hey, here's your problem. Here's how we can help. And then it's just, you feel more, you have more satisfaction. And if you don't believe in your products and services are helping people, I don't even know why they're in business, you know? So that you got to change that mindset of instead of a, I have to do it to make money. It's like, man, I get to do it to help more people. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the juice, dude, man. That if there's a squeeze out of this podcast, if something somebody should go back and listen to is the last two minutes of that and really, yeah. really get that installed and think about bring your team on board for it, man. And think about as a team, not just as, you know, if you're a one or two person shop, you know, you can bring that together really easily and say, how can we, how can we restructure this? Even if you have a team of 10 people, bring them together, be like, how can we change our value proposition to serve more? Yeah. Right. And exactly. really focus because that shifts. That's not just a marketing shift. That's a culture shift. Yeah. We're shifting the whole business structure at that point when we do that, which I feel like is a little scary at points, but it's something that's so valuable when you're still in those early stages to make that shift happen. Um, yeah, I know sometimes, go ahead. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Sometimes yeah. it's hard when you're, you know, when you're running a business and you have a team and you have, you know, cause I have, like I said, tons of clients in, in multiple industries, but in the financial services world where they're trying to recruit, build and develop leaders to 
open more offices. I'm like, look, what's your culture about? When you sit down and you initially interview people to come into your business or get licensed or everything, like what's your initial conversation? And most of the time it's like, oh, we talk about the compensation structure. We talk about it and it's just boring shit. It's like, look, if you want to be able to get people to be in your business, your clients or whatever, you must learn to connect with them on their emotional level. And I spend most of my time when I was dealing a lot with the financial industry and sitting down with clients, I had a very high close rate with my people and a very low um, chargeback rate, essentially, because I connect with them on such an emotional and mental level to, to show them how products and services will meet their specific needs. Mm-hmm. So if they are bringing people and having this conversation and they're just very like, yeah, let's look at the compensation structure. Let, you know, we're here to you know, help families, but you don't dive into the emotional connection of it, you're going to have a culture that has a high turnover rate where agents are quitting. Whenever something challenging happens, they, you know, those first obstacles that you come into business, they're not going to overcome those hurdles because you haven't built an emotional connection with them, with that culture. So it's so important, whether it's recruiting, selling, um, anything in business, your marketing, it has to be focusing on connecting with people on an emotional uh, and, and mental level. Man, I love that. That is so good. That is so good. And that's entirely, I think that's a hundred percent right. Man, this, this thing has just been so good. And I I'm upset that it has to end here in a few minutes. One, one question that I do want to get to though, that, you know, there are a lot of my demographic skews a little bit younger. So with that in mind, what, because you've gone through the route of schooling and now you live in the entrepreneurship space within the marketing and business realm, if you had to go back, if you had that time machine to shoot yourself back and redo that education versus executing and being under somebody like yourself that's executing on a daily basis, what would that transition look like? Would you change it up or would you hop right into the entrepreneur space with that individual that's starting out, you know, the three to five year company, or would you go through the traditional college route still and then try to go through the entrepreneurship path later? Yeah, I think a combination of both is very effective. And that's why I'm able to provide a lot more value to people is because I have the academia and the real world experience. So I'm not against traditional education. I think the way that they push it is is completely wrong of like, hey, you have to go to school to be successful. You have to do this. Um, you don't have to. You know, you can take, there's a lot of courses out there. There's actually a lot of free, um, you know, schooling is now kind of like they're putting a lot of free content out there. I know Harvard has a lot of like, hey, you can take this class for free just to learn. So if I were to go back, I would tell myself to be more focused on what I'm learning. So mm-hmm. the academia side has taught me a lot more about the theories and the mindset. And, you know, cause there's lots of theories actually inside of marketing, you know, social proof theory, a lot of social theories are involved with it. So I'm glad I learned that, but I would tell myself to focus more on a combination of both because I started academia. Then I kind of was like, well, let me take these other courses too from other, you know, companies out there, marketers or schools. So do a combination of both. Go to school, study the theorems of actual marketing um, and focus on that, the people and the emotional connection versus just trying to, you know, push a product. Cause that's what we all do at first with our marketing is like, I just want to push my product. Let me go back. If I were to restart, it would be solely focused on the people, the mindset inside of that niche versus just pushing a product or just trying to say, hi, um, here's my company. So that's how I would restart and what I would redo. Awesome, man. That was straight fire. I'm so thankful and grateful for the opportunity for us to chat and have this today. Where can people find you? I know you mentioned it earlier, the bearded marketer. Um, 
where's the best place for them to connect and engage with you? Yeah, the Bearded Marketing Pro on Facebook is my business page. Um, you can also reach out to my personal page um, as well, Justin Earhart. Um, and then you can go to yourbmp.com um, for our website as well. Awesome. And I'll make sure I put those links down in the chat or down in the uh, comment section below too. Thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Alex. I appreciate you. Later.